It's a blessing to be here today. We got history, guys. We got history, you and me. And uh, first of all, I'll introduce my wife, Beth. She's right here. And uh, we're honored to be here today. This is a very, very special church to us because 18 years ago, when we uh, sensed a calling to Castle Rock, uh, your church had been strategically focused on and irrationally generous to set aside some resources to help a church in Castle Rock get started. And uh, Beth and I were blessed to be the ones that were called to do that, and your board um, invited us to come, and, and this church uh, was, here, here's what I would say, I would not have known exactly what to pray for, but God knew, and what I should have been praying for was specifically what you guys uh, were for us as we were getting started. So we call, we call ourselves your South Campus, just so you know, because this church was so amazing in helping us to to get started back in the day 18 years ago. And we would not be who we are today without the irrational generosity of this church and your passion to see the message of the gospel expanding uh, up and down the front range. And so I'm very, very grateful. This is a very special, special place to us. So thank you for all that you've done over the years uh, to be to be part of that. <clears throat> so um, grateful, grateful. I want to give a shout out to those that are also worshiping with us online today. Thank you for joining us that way. Uh, it's awesome to have an opportunity to redeem some technology. So as we're getting started, a, a couple of uh, years ago, uh, I, um, I, I really got challenged with this notion of what it looks like to take good care of Doug's soul. Have you ever thought about that much? What is it? Not my soul, your soul. Um, uh, we don't think about that very often, but it was a series of a course of events, and it wasn't just about mine, although that needs to be my focus. It was also about leading our team to really do a good job caring for their souls so then we could challenge our people to uh, equally be focused on, on caring for, for our souls together. And I did what you do when you're trying to figure stuff out in this day and age that we live in. I googled soul care. Like that seems like a weird thing to Google. But immediately what popped up on the top of the search was this website called soulcare.com. And I got introduced to a, a gal, her name is Mindy Calguire, that runs this ministry um, up north from here in Boulder. And uh, it ends up, after we had a chance to talk back and forth a few different times, we were actually on staff at a big church in, in uh, the Chicagoland area. She, was, she and her husband were interns in the church planting area when I was an intern in the student ministry area. So we would have never crossed paths because it was a massive church. But she has started this ministry as a result of all of the stuff that she and her husband had done over the years to just focus in on what does it look like to challenge people and to equip people with uh, these tools to help them do a better job thinking about and caring for their souls. And so I want to I wanna just kind of approach it this way. Inevitably, all of us here today got here by way of car, right? Whether it was yours or an Uber, that's how you got here today, right? All of us got here because of a car. And cars are unique things, right? Because if you leave a car un, uncared for, if you don't take care of the maintenance, the simple things, the oil changes, and I know someone right now is like, oh, Doug, I forgot. I gotta go get my oil changed, right? But if you don't do your oil change and get regular maintenance and get the brakes looked at and you know have the engine tuned up every once in a while and all of those, if you don't do those things well and, and have some kind of rhythm of caring for your car, eventually what's gonna happen is you're gonna walk, right? because your car is going to break down and it's going to be a horrible inconvenience to you the second that your car breaks down. And so 
what I have uh, just kind of thought about often is this, that if we don't take care of those things, challenges will come and our cars won't last or work properly without that frequent maintenance. In many respects, you and I are like that as well, but we just don't think about it. Um, we think about it in certain areas of our lives, right? Like you have an ache or a pain or something doesn't feel right or you get sick and you're going to go to the doctor and you're going to get a, a routine checkup of sorts. But they would always tell you, when's the last time you've been to the doctor? And you're like, ah, like three years ago, right? And they're like, you know, you probably should get some blood work done more often, right? So we have these regular rhythms of certain aspects of our lives that, and some of you are thinking, no, I probably need to go get my blood work done, right? But we have these kind of maintenance things that we do to care for ourselves but oftentimes, we don't think about what it looks like for us to care for our souls. We're creatures designed for rich, deep communion with God. But all too often, we kind of, it's not because we're purposefully neglecting it. It's just that it doesn't happen on its own. And because it doesn't happen on its own, we would need to be more strategic with this. But the condition of our souls deeply matter. And our soul's connection to Jesus deeply matters. And guys that do what I do for a, in a, as a calling oftentimes think of our souls and will teach about our souls being like, uh, in a, in a, in a, your soul is good. You got Jesus in your life and you've accepted the gospel message and, and you know, you're on your way to heaven. Or you need to seriously take evaluation of your life and you need to understand what Jesus can do for you, right? When we talk about our soul, we always are thinking about these two potential contrasts, but it's so much more than that. It's not just about eternity. And what I want to do is talk to you today about how your soul and the condition of your soul and the way you care for your soul has implications on every aspect of your life. And that's what I want to address today. And so I've been on this passionate pursuit of looking at and studying and reading even ancient texts from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and even sometimes even further back than that years ago of, of folks that were probably kind of like the founders of the faith in many ways and these like spiritual uh, minded folks that help us to understand what it looks like to have a connection with Jesus. Now if you go on a, on a hunt to try and carefully think about what it looks like to care for your soul, you're inevitably going to stumble upon an author named Dallas Willard. Some of you heard of Dallas Willard. Now he's a deep dude. And so if you haven't read Dallas Willard, I'm going to promise you right now, you need to read very slowly. And don't you dare even think about reading more than one chapter at a sitting because you're going to need to reread a paragraph over and over again because he's so deep. You're like, gosh, man, I, like, he just thinks different than I do. And here's what Dallas Willard in his book, famous book called Renovation of the Hearts, put it this way. Your soul is your life beyond but not independent of your body. It's the center of who you are. The soul is the most basic level of life in the individual and one that is by nature rooted in God. So I would put it this way. Your soul is the essence of who you are. And part of our challenge as Christ followers is to think about this and, and, and when we think about our souls, to not only limit it to the spiritual, obviously spiritual are part of that, so we're going to unpack that a little bit more today. I have identified what I see to be five main aspects of your life that are going to lead to a healthy soul. And, and I want you to see it this way. Any one of these five that gets out of order for one reason or another, it's going to have dramatic impact on the rest of your life. So first of all, when we think of what it means to take care of the very foundational person of who you are, it's your spiritual, so your relationship and your connection with Jesus. 
But then we also have your soul can get out of order quickly if your relationship, so the relational aspect of who you are is out of order. And some of you have had that where there's tension in a relationship or something's not going well. For those of you that have children, it could be like some kind of discord in your home with your kids or if you're married, it could be in a relationship where things need to be worked on. We need some intentionality. If things are out of order, it begins to have this rippling effect into the rest of your life. And then, of course, as I said earlier, there's the physical and the mental. So I would talk about physical well-being and mental health as well. If anything seems to be out of order, that, again, you would have to know because you have been on that road before. If, you, if you're, I've had cancer before. When you have cancer, it's disruptive to your whole life, right? You know what? That becomes your primary focus. Everything else is affected because of that. The same is true with your mental health. And then there's this vocational and calling piece of your life, which is really about sense of purpose and making a difference. And so if that doesn't feel right for some reason, there's disconnect with what you feel called to do, or if you're kind of struggling to figure that out, that has impact on the rest of your life, right? Because it becomes a, a place of focus in it, and it just has its way of doing that. And then finances as well. And this is not necessarily having more. It means living within your means and having contentment and learning to live with the irrational generosity towards others. And, and if the financial aspect of your life is out of order, then that's going to have impact on the rest of your relationships in, in that as well. So caring for your soul is not an easy challenge, and it's definitely not a one-and-done type deal. This needs to be something that we focus on. Everything in you and most everything around you is going to fight at your soul being in order. Have you experienced that? It's not like you just do life and you're like, oh yeah, everything's great. If you don't stay intentional and if you don't stay focused on these things, something will end up out of order. Agreed? Now, in addition to that, we oftentimes talk about the fact that we also have an enemy of our soul, right? We talk about that. So not only is there needing to be some intentionality with you personally to stay uh, attuned to what's happening inside of the very foundational core of who you are, but you also have a, an enemy that wants to jack you up. Agreed? He wants to take you down and take you out. As a matter of fact, scriptures will tell us that his plan, his goal, his mission is to steal, to kill, and destroy. We talk, that was talked about in the message last week. And, and we, we need to be aware of the fact that we have a very real enemy that's coming after us. He wants to take you down. He wants to take you out. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. So the stakes are high. Because the very fundamental core of who you are is not something that left to its own is going to be cared for well. And in addition to that, you have an enemy that wants to take you down and take you out. This is a big deal. So this is no joke. And let me see if I can help you understand this. I'm going to do my best to explain why all of this is important and I'm going to need your help today. So the crews helped me out by putting these two dry erase boards up for us. And I just want to have a little conversation with you today. This is you and me right now. We're going to talk about this. And I want you to think about uh, when your soul is not connected to the Lord the way it should be, what are some of the results of that? How does that play its way out into your life? And some of you are thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. If you're here today with a friend or a spouse, just ask them because they will tell you exactly what it looks like when you are not living the best version of who you are. You're not staying connected to the Lord. What are some of the things that kind of emerge out of a life that, or a soul that is not connected to, to God well? Tell me what they are. Talk to me. Irritability. Wait, hang on. You guys are going really fast. Fear, which I like that though. Anger, depression. I'm not a great speller. There's no spell check on this, so don't hold me to these words. What? Anxiety. <clears throat> Selfishness. 
selfish. Beth, you can talk about mine too if you want. She would know. What else? My kids actually told me I get loud when my soul's not cared for well. What else? Isolation, good. Apathy. Impatient. Keep going. What, what? Questions. I had some contribution back here. Regret? Good. Two more. What? I'm sorry? Hopeless. One more. What? Simple? Sinful. Sinful. Okay. How's that look? You're loving that right now, aren't you? You're like, oof, oof. Okay, but let's just shift gears for a second. Let's talk about those seasons of life where you are dialed in. And your walk with Jesus is, is, is running on all cylinders and it's having great impact on your life. What are some of the things that come out of the overflow of that? What, what, how does that look? <clears throat> Joy. Peace. Pardon? Purpose? Happiness. Is that two S's? I forget. What? Loveness? Yes, loving. Good. You know what? We're just going to do it. We're going with it. Loveness. I like it. What else? <clears throat> Strength. Grace. What? Focus. Good. Patience. One-hearted. Content. Sit again. Charitable. Okay, let's stop there for now. We could go for a while. Uh, just take a look at that. What do you think? Uh, let me remind you, before we go any further, this is your list. I didn't write this stuff. I mean, I wrote it, but you're the ones that told me what to write, right? And I've done this exercise so many times now. Uh, Mindy, the one I was telling you about that, that kind of leads the soul care ministry, did this with our team uh, at Plum Creek, and it was amazing to watch all of this happen. And at one point, one of the gals in the back, one of our admins was like, my goodness, look, it's the fruit of the Spirit. They're like, yes, that's amazing, right? This is so good. And here's what happens. We can begin to see, and I want you to take a picture if you want, because what I want you to do is to remember that this is real. This is real. One of the things that I have learned, too, is that when I have a disconnected soul, usually these things manifest first with my dear sweet wife. And she's like, Doug, you're not right right now, and this is not good. And whether it's being loud or selfish or isolating or impatient or whatever it is, likely I am less reserved at home than anywhere else, right? 
So think about that. Your soul is not being cared for well, and the people that you love most are the ones that you're taking it out on. They're the ones that experience, because you have a little bit more reserve when you're out around uh, someone else in, 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 at work or whatever, because they're going to throat punch you, right? So when you're at home, you have a little bit less, of, you have a little less reserve, and these things start to get seen at home first, right? That's what happens. And uh, it's, 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 to me, that's not okay that we take it out on those that we're closest to. And then we look at this list and we're like this, and it's much like the fruit of the Spirit, right? This is not a checklist of things you're like, well, today I'm going to work on being selfless. And I'm just going to selfless, selfless, selfless all day long. What happens is these things, whether it's focus or patience, begins to come out of the overflow of your heart and your soul, right? And, and it's part of God at work in you. Here's what I want you to see. The best version of who you are is a connected soul. Left to your own, without a connected soul, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. This is not, this is not the best version of who we are on this board right here. Inevitably, when I do this exercise, it comes out basically the same every single time. And what happens is we begin to see these things manifest in our life, and you can pick any one of them. Anger is a great example. Let's say you're at home and you start flaring up with some real anger, right? You get a short fuse and things are not good, and eventually somebody that's having to deal with your anger is like, look, here's the deal. Bruh, you need to go get some therapy, Right? And it's good. I'm a, I, I go to a counselor. I think counseling is important, but I want you to see something today that oftentimes some of these things are a reflection of your soul that has been neglected. When your soul is not cared for well, this is the fruit of that. And so guys that do my job talk about a good soul or a bad soul being like destined for you know, a life of eternity with the Lord or not. And it's so much more than that because it matters today. It matters today that we maintain intentionality in caring for our souls. And I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but rather my desire is to make sure that we see the connection between many of these things in a disconnected soul. Why? Because we see it looking different when our soul is connected. The proverb writer put it this way. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The writer of Proverbs is talking about the condition of your soul. I love the way the message paraphrase Bible uh, states this same verse. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. That's beautiful and a great challenge for us. And so when we think about life, we have plans for all kinds of things. You, you might have a meal plan for the week. You might have a workout plan. You might have a budget. We keep talking, you have a vacation plan, you have a marital plan, you have, you see all these things that we try and have and maintain plans for. And if we don't, we, we know that if we don't have a plan, what's going to happen? If we're left to ourselves and we just flow by the current of life, we're not going to somehow end up with great marriages, uh, our budget being perfect, and, you know, our bodies being taken care of well, right? And the same is true with our soul. But my question for you is this, everyone look at me for a second, everybody, do you have a soul care plan? Have you ever written that down? Have you ever personally taken time to ask yourself this question, how do I best connect with Jesus and how can I have a plan to make sure that is part of the rhythm of my life? Because left to our own, it ain't pretty, guys. 
So we need to see, and that's what I love about this exercise, all of a sudden, it's up on the board. And then here, listen to me real quick. This is why this church also exists. Because the bulk of the people in our world today, guys, this can make me cry, don't see any other way of life. This is life. But that with intentionality and care for our souls, what should be happening is the people that you're doing life with that haven't stepped across the line of faith and don't know Jesus yet should be saying to you, because this is what you look like, what's so different about you? And you're like, well, listen, it's not because I'm actually that great of a person, but I have a pretty great God. And when I stay connected to him, the overflow of my connection with him is what you're seeing that looks different. Do you see what I'm saying? So the stakes are high, first of all, for your life personally, but also for us together as a church to make the most redemptive impact that we can on the culture around us requires us to be living this way so that they can see there is a different way to live this life. And who doesn't want this over this? I mean, you don't even have to be a rocket scientist or stay at a Holiday Inn last night to know that, that that's not the life you want to live. People don't like you when you're not the best version of you. And they're going to like me a whole lot better. And my life is going to look different. And I'm going to be a whole lot more effective if this is the life that I'm living. But the problem is that when I asked you the question a minute ago, are you being intentional in terms of caring for your soul? Do you have a written plan ready to roll? Are you experimenting in ways that will help you stay connected to Jesus so that you can be the best version of you? Most of us go, no, I'm not. And I hope you see today with me that that's a problem. Pastor and author from the 1600s, John Flevel, wrote it this way in his book called Keeping the Heart. He said, the greatest difficulty in conversion is to win the heart to God. And we've seen that before in our lives personally, but also in others that we've talked to about Jesus. The greatest difficulty after conversion is to keep the heart with God. Which helps us understand it's not a one and done deal, is it? This needs to be something that we stay very focused on in our lives. So my main thought for this weekend is I must guard and care for my soul. I must guard and care for my soul. This is part of what we must do together. Again, remember what the proverb writer said, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Because what happens if we don't? You're the ones that helped me come up with this list today. And it's very similar to my list. As a matter of fact, when we did this with our kids, and uh, our kids are all in their 20s now, and we did it with our kids and some of their significant others and my nephew and some others, we came up with this list. And, and uh, it's, it's really, if you, if you really want to take this to the next level, ask your kids to help you fill it out for you. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that is just an ugly list right there. S -s Sorry, guys right? Like I need to get a little more connected. And so I actually hung the sheet of paper and it still hangs there on the, on the front of the garage. When I pull in, I get a chance to look at it. Before I leave in the morning, I get a look at it again. Because a, a, a connected soul matters. The stakes are high. Doug's not a good version of me with a disconnected soul. And you're not a good version of you with a disconnected soul. And it's important for us. And there's this author, Octavius Winslow, back in the 1800s, that wrote these words describing the paradox of our faith and our journey. And he talks about all these beautiful things that we've all experienced. You remember the first time when someone shared with you and you really understood the gospel message, the good news. You mean like, I know I'm not a great person, but God forgives me? Do you remember how that felt? It was like, wipe the slate clean, I get a fresh start? Like, that's awesome. 
Do you remember the first time God answered your prayer and you were like doing the two-step out the door just to tell somebody about what God had done? Do you remember when you hear the stories of testimony of life change around you and you're like, this stuff fires me up and we hear and we know and we've experienced the goodness of God, but then he then describes this Octavius Winslow that somehow in you and me, the challenge is this paradox of our faith is that there should still exist in the heart of principle the tendency of which is to secret, perpetual, and alarming departure from God. We know how good he is, but the current of life, the current of our soul, left unintended with, with lacking intentionality, is going to cause us to drift away from God and over to a life that doesn't look very pretty. That's why we must maintain intentionality. And it happens so secretly and yet so perpetually. And, and listen, my mom could tell you when my soul wasn't connected. I could get done preaching a message and my mom would call me and be like, Dougie, I don't think you're doing okay. Why? Because she knows me so well. The same is true of Beth. She knows when I'm not connected to Jesus well. Why? Because it looks like this. So does your life. So we need to have intentionality here. I must guard and care for my soul. And for those of us who have struggled with soul care and still struggle with, I do too, in our lives, we need to be reminded that it's taken a lifetime to develop these unhelpful habits of lack of intentionality in our life, and it's going to take intentionality starting today. It won't take the rest of your lifetime to figure out what to do, but it'll take the rest of your lifetime to do it. Our sinful, rugged, independent nature causes us to try and be self-sufficient and force these things to happen instead of allowing it to be the overflow of our walk with Jesus. And staying connected to God, we can change. We will be equipped with what we need to live the life God's called us to live. We will grow and we will prepare ourselves for the challenges that life has to be or that life will bring our way. And one of the things that I've been saying a lot lately is this, and this is part of the challenge. See, so this gospel that you and I hold, the good news of God's redeeming work in your life, in all of the ways that he loves you and cares for you, his promises, his faithfulness. These are things that should be transformative in your life. They should be. What does that mean? You should be changing. I should be changing because of my relationship with Jesus. And I wonder if you're any different today than you were yesterday. How about this year from last year? How about this decade from the last decade? Do you look different? It should be transforming your life and it should be transforming my life too. But the only way that that happens is when we stay very intentional and make sure that we have a connected soul. So can I just ask you this real quick? Everybody, just give me your eyes for just a second. Is your life being transformed? Are you different? Are there times when people ask you this question, why do you seem to be so different than the rest of the people around me here at work? or in our neighborhood, or at school, students. Are you any different? Is it transforming your life? Listen, that's no one's job but yours. It's yours. To have the transforming work of God at, at play in your life so that you have a connected soul and these things are starting to become the display that comes out. Isn't it interesting, too, that this looks a whole lot like the fruit of the Spirit? 
Did anybody notice that? That's not a task list. That's the overflow of your soul being touched by the power of God at work in your life. And that is a beautiful thing. And we can. We can experience this. Listen, you could be a seminary professor and know more about this and theology than anyone else on the planet and not have a transformed soul. It takes a willingness to submit yourself to the work of God in your life. And we need to be that. So are we any different? See, a gospel-centered person realizes that they are dependent upon God and they know their true identity in their relationship with him as a child of God, transforming them to be the person that God intends for you and me to be. And so here's what's interesting to me. As we read the firsthand accounts of Jesus' life in the Gospels, I, I just double-dog dare you, pick up your Bible and read the Gospels and pay close attention to the way Jesus takes care of his soul. Pay close attention. It's amazing to me, and that's why our main thought needs to be this. I must guard and care for my soul. Why? Because Jesus did. And who are we to think that somehow we don't need to be doing what Jesus knew he needed to do that became the strength and the power behind his ministry and all that he did while he was here? You see, we think that somehow vicariously we can be this person without intentionality, and it's not true. Jesus couldn't, and you and I can't. He knew that without being deeply connected to his father, he was going to be in trouble. And that is the single greatest aspect that empowered him to do what he was called to do. He knew that guarding and caring for his soul was foundation to it all. It's all throughout the Gospels. This relationship with his father was the most important thing he could do to fulfill his mission. And the same is true for you. The same is true for me. The single greatest thing that we can do to fulfill the mission that God has put us on this planet to do is to live with a connected soul. So he pursued connection with God in prayer and through solitude and silence and stillness. To care for his soul was very, very important. And the gospel writers, I love this, include all throughout the gospels examples of how Jesus was intentionally doing this in his life. And if Jesus needs to do it, let me just assure you, Dougie needs to do it. And so do you. Let me show you an example. I must guard and care for my soul. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus is teaching, and the people are absolutely blown away by his teaching. They've never heard anybody teach like this before. Why? Why do you think that was? Connected soul. In addition to that, they're bringing people that are sick to him. They're bringing people that are demon-possessed to him, and he's able to help them have deliverance and healing. How do you think that happens? A connected soul. Jesus. Staying connected to the Father. Look at it, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. At the end of the beginning of this chapter, it says, they, when they saw that he had the power over these people that were demonized, and he had power over people that were sick and they were being healed, they started bringing many, scriptures say, people to him to experience the same healing. And then, after that long day, how do you think you'd feel at the end of a day after you'd healed a whole bunch of people, you preached your heart out, and you were like helping people be delivered from the evil one? Seemed like the next morning would be a morning that you might want to sleep in takes a lot out of you to do that. Trust me, it takes a lot out of you. Look what Jesus did. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Why? I would want to sleep in. What did Jesus know? Connected soul. I must have a connected soul to do my father's business. When Jesus breaks away to be with his father early in the morning before daybreak, why? Why would you go before daybreak? You know what I've learned? Before daybreak is the quietest time in my home. I ain't gotten a text message yet. Um, the house is quiet. Everyone else is still sleeping. And it's amazing how I, it can be still and it can be silent and I could have some solitude with Jesus. 
In Luke chapter 5, Jesus is preaching again, miraculously, helping the disciples to catch a bunch of fish. And Jesus heals a man of leprosy, imagine. And many sick and demon-possessed people, again, are being brought to Jesus. They were being healed and they were being delivered. And the gospel writer of Luke, Luke says this in Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Why? Connected soul. He knew how important it was to stay connected. I love the word often. Guys, if you will just keep track in the gospels as you read them, Of the times that Jesus was doing this intentionally, there are over 40 times throughout the Gospels where we will hear Jesus refer to or actually doing this very thing that we're talking about today to maintain a connected soul. Now listen to what Jesus said about why this is so important. In John chapter 6, verse 57, this hits it. He said this, I live by the power of the living Father who sent me. He knew what it take to accomplish his mission, and that was connection to the power of God in his life. And if the divine Son of God was totally dependent upon the Father at work in him, power and nurture and direction, how much more do you and I need this too? So what do we do? We make a decision to guard and care for our souls. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus again is teaching, and he asks this very powerful question that I want to ask you today. And I want you to hear Jesus' words. This is for you. This is for me. Jesus asks this question to his disciples. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul. And again, where I started, oftentimes we think uh, about soul as good or bad, right? Am I good with Jesus or am I not okay with Jesus? And what, what he's talking about here is to his disciples, who had already, by the way, made a commitment to follow him. This wasn't a do you follow me or not follow me thing. This was about caring for your soul. What do we benefit if we gain the whole world and lose our own souls. This. You told me. This is what we get. And so we need to understand Jesus' challenge to his disciples is now a challenge for you and me. The best version, hear me, the best version of you is a connected soul. The best version. The overflow of a connected soul is a beautiful thing. It will change you forever, and it will change everything around you as well. So we need to live in pursuit of the things um, that God has for us rather than pursuit of the things the world has for us by living with proper intentionality and caring for your soul. And I'll say it once again, nobody else can do this for you. Nobody. Pastor can't do that for you. Your spouse can't do that for you. Your parents can't do that for you. You are the one that has to have intentionality to care for your soul. And Jesus' life showed us that even the Son of God who lived the fullest human life possible was still utterly dependent upon God. Your soul is designed by God to integrate and to enliven all aspects of who you are as a person. And guys, I want you to know, please hear me, this is the key. This matters so much. Dallas Willard teaches us that your spirit or your heart is like the CEO of your personality. It makes the decisions and directs activity by working in tandem with the mind. In contrast, he said, your soul is like the computer that runs the whole operation of life. Your soul matters. It matters so much that we need to have a soul care plan. And I want you to have a soul care plan. And we don't normally think about our soul until it's not working, right? Until something's very, very broken. And kind of like our physical health. Instead, we need to get intentional starting today to think about what it looks like for us 
to have our soul properly. Because if it's not, if it's neglected and you haven't guarded your soul well and you haven't cared for it well, the impact on your life is significantly great. And it's not the best version of you. And so I wonder, how you doing? Man, I would beg you this week to slow down, even if it's 20, 30 minutes at some point. Go to bed early and get up at day, before daybreak. Get quiet with Jesus and ask yourself this question. What are, what are the best ways for me to care for my soul? And start to build some of that plan for what it looks like. And I, I need to also tell you I'm sorry because this is why I'm sorry. A lot of guys that, and gals that do what I do have oversimplified what this looks like. You know, you need to read your Bible. Of course you do. And you need to pray. Yep. If you're really crazy, you could journal and fast, you know, every once in a while. And I get it. We're trying to simplify it enough that it's practical to do. But guys, it's way bigger than that. And the more I've talked with people and encouraged them to begin to develop a soul care plan, when you really sit down and think about it, it starts to look different. I told the first service today, one of the things that you can ask me if I'm caring for my soul, just ask me when the last time I went fly fishing. Because for me, part of it is being outside, feeling the sun, feeling the river, push against my feet, holding a trout if I get lucky enough to catch one. There's just something spiritual about that. And typically, I'm going to fish with a couple of my buddies in the conversations that we have to and from the river, while we're on the river, while we're having lunch. There's something very spiritual that happens when I'm fly fishing. Our, our youth pastor, he still say this. He'll say, Doug, just ask me if I'm on my bike because he loves a road bike. And I was like, tell me more. He's like, when I'm on my bike, I'm listening to a podcast or I got worship music on or listening to a sermon or I'm praying. And I'm like, get on your bike, right? We all have different aspects of our life that are going to help facilitate what it looks like to be a connected soul. And it's not complicated, but it is unique. I need you to hear me say that. It is unique to each individual. I don't think well by myself. So I'm better in a group of people talking about things. I am a 10 times better prayer when I'm praying with my wife than when I pray by myself. It's just the extroverted part of who I am. And you need to begin to identify some things in your life and experiment. Don't, how about, when's the last time you went for a walk with Jesus? Nobody else, just you. Just plan a 20 minute walk and the only thing you're gonna do is talk to the Lord. You know what's gonna happen the second you walk out of the house? You're gonna be distracted by every possible thing you could imagine. Have you ever done that where you decided, I'm gonna pray for the next 10 minutes. I'm gonna pray for 10 minutes. And what happens? The second you start, your mind is so full of all these thoughts and things that you need to do. Why? Can I tell you why? There's an enemy of your soul that wants you to not be connected. He wants you to live this life over here. And the battle is real for all of us. It is just a reality of life. And so this is like deciding you're going to go to the gym. You go to the gym the first day. What happens? You're like, I'm going to load it up on weight. I'm going to do 40 minutes of aerobic and I'm gonna lift heavy for 30 minutes and you get up the next morning and you can't even pick your nose, right? Your body hurts so bad. And that's typically the way we approach this. We feel a little bit of a challenge and next thing you know, you're like, well, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read and pray for like four hours every day this week. Like, stop. Let's take some baby steps towards looking at what it might be for you to care for your soul well and be creative, be creative. Put your headphones on and listen to some worship and go for a walk or sit in the backyard or whatever. Get disconnected from the rest of the world around you so that you can hear for G, for, from Jesus. So here's what I want you to do. This is the double dog challenge. Get your phone real quick. It's okay to take your phone out now. I'm asking you to do this. This is something we've done at Plum Creek and it's uh, been a game changer for us. So I want you to go to your alarm 
And I want you to set your alarm for one o'clock this afternoon. And if you know how to do it, make it recurring. I didn't know how to do that. Beth had to, I was like, you can do that? So it'll go off every day if you set it. So you're gonna set your alarm for one o'clock and you're gonna pray for one thing for one minute at one o'clock. That'll be your alarm. That's gonna remind you to do that. The stories have been amazing about what's happened for our church when they've been doing this. And this week, what I want you to pray about is I want you to ask the Lord to help you to creatively think about what it would be for you, what it'll look like for you, some things that you can do personally that'll help you to have a connected soul. That's all I want you to pray about this week. God, give me creativity. Help me to know what I can do this week to take some steps to live with this connected soul that Doug's been talking about this week. And guys, I fully expect that as you begin to make that list of what some of these things are and get very intentional with it and start to do it, you're slowly gonna move away from this version of you. And what's gonna happen, the natural outpouring of that kind of connection will be this version of you. Spend some time this week, ask yourself, make your own list of this, because it looks different for all of us. What is it for you that your life looks like when you have a disconnected soul? Write it down. And, what's the, and then show it to someone that knows you well. Show it to your spouse or your kids or maybe all of the above, your best friend, so that they can help you to understand the reality of this so that it can be a change, a serious change to you and get creative. Why? Because I must guard and care for my soul. I'm going to pray and the worship team is going to lead us in a couple of songs. And if you've been uh, here at Summit for a while, you know how this works. Uh, if you're new, there are some tables on both sides of the room. The prayer team is going to uh, be positioned there. There's also communion elements there, so we would encourage you. That could be part of the first step of your soul care today is to go take communion. And then the cross is up here to my right, your left, and you can um, you could go over there. If there's a prayer you want to write to the Lord, or if there's something you want to nail to the cross, you can do that today too. Sound good? Hey, love you guys. Thank you for being part of a church that's kingdom-minded. I'm a different person because of this church. And today I want to challenge you to be the best version of you by staying very intentional in making a commitment to care for your soul. We you bow your heads for just a minute? Father, thank you for this great church. And uh, I've been so blessed by <clears throat> the intentionality of even the things we're talking about today to live with such a kingdom mind. And um, I know we all have work to do. I do too. Every time I talk about this, I'm just reminded that I need to stay intentional here as well and that the current of my life is not going to drift towards a connected soul. It's going to take me in the opposite direction. And if I stop to think about it, uh, the enemy of my soul works me over too. And uh, very quickly, I become a very horrible version of who I was meant to be. So I pray for my friends today, God, that this would be a challenge, a visual that we will remember, uh, that we would take some time to think about the implications of this personally and not necessarily in the full scope of the group, but just personally, what does my life reflect when my soul is disconnected? How does it look different when I live with a connected soul? And 
Lord, I pray as well that every day this week, when the alarm goes off at one, you will remind us to just pray for creativity and what it looks like, to explore some, some neat and fun, creative new ways that we can stay connected to you. And Lord, as well, I'm, I'm, I'm mindful today that either someone in this room or someone that's worshiping with us online today might find themselves in a place where they, like we said earlier, would look at the list and, and see there's not even a, an understanding that there could be a different way of living life. And today, if that's you, you understand the reality of this and you've been facing uh, these uh, desires to change and maybe seen some margin in a couple of them, but overwhelmed, there's so many. And, and today, maybe for the first time, you recognize and realize that the way to be the best version of who God created you to be is to have God in your life, to allow him to do the work on your soul. And if that's you, you and you can hear my voice today and you feel kind of the tug of the Holy Spirit in your life to to step across the line of faith and begin this relationship with Jesus, just in your own words, just tell him you need him. Tell him you're sorry because you know that so often you fall short of the best version of who you're meant to be, that you've fallen short of his perfect standard and you need him. And, and the good news today is that he sent his son to come and die for you. And you have opportunity today to say yes to him and to have his power at work in your life. Now just ask him for his forgiveness and ask him for his power to be at work in your life. Lord, I pray for all of us, myself included today, that this would be a week of intentionality in caring for my soul, that we together would care for our souls. We love you, Father. We stand to your feet. It's in Jesus' name that we pray together today. Amen.